Your freedom is slipping away. America's most vital liberty is under attack. Find out how and what you can do about it in this special program. Hello, I'm Rob Pacienza, and welcome to this special program, Intolerant, the War on Religious Liberty. The very First Amendment in our Constitution's Bill of Rights says that the government will neither establish a state church nor interfere with your right to exercise your religious faith. But over the decades, that right has been eroding, undermined by activist courts and radical leftists trying to silence Christians. On this special program, you'll discover the importance of religious liberty in America, those who are undermining and attacking it, and what we must do to preserve it. And you'll meet some courageous people who've stood up to the attacks on your behalf and mine. Many who publicly preach tolerance have a deep intolerance for Bible-believing Christians and have initiated a war on religious liberty. The right to religious liberty is one of the most important rights guaranteed by the United States Constitution. Really, religious liberty is the freedom to live out your faith without government interference. Religious liberty, I think, is almost public enemy number one for a great many segments of our society. I am so tired of talking about woke culture. That's why it's gone too far more than anything else. No, no, free speech is not some right-wing reframing of whatever, it's the foundation of Western civilization upon this civilization is built and the Enlightenment values that led to it. Radical leftist ideologies, such as gender identity, have been weaponized, targeting Christians who hold to a biblical view of sex and gender. Far-left activists are weaponizing anti-discrimination laws to try to create a clash between religious freedom and gender identity. Many Christian business owners are facing the ire of the radical LGBTQ coalition. SOGI laws, the sexual orientation and gender identity laws, are are, are really laws that are on a collision course with religious freedom. A graphic artist in Colorado fighting for religious liberty, now taking her case to the Supreme Court. She's challenging a state law that requires her to create websites that conflict with her religious beliefs. I want to create freely and create messages that glorify and honor God. And for me, this means designing for weddings and telling the story of a couple through God's lens of marriage. But the state of Colorado is forcing me to celebrate messages about marriages that are inconsistent with my faith. As a follower of Jesus Christ, um, I believe that the Bible teaches that a wedding marriage is between a man and a woman. While I would gladly serve them anything else, I couldn't uh, create a cake, in this case, create a cake that would uh, Um, imply my participation in that. Since the reversal of Roe v. Wade, churches and pro-life organizations have been the victims of widespread attacks and vandalism. 
There are growing calls tonight for Congress to investigate a series of attacks on pro-life pregnancy centers across the country. One group called Jane's Revenge encourages and claims responsibility for acts of firebombing and vandalism, targeting crisis pregnancy centers and churches. These are some of the first images of anyone involved with Jane's Revenge, the shadowy extremist group in Buffalo. They firebombed Compass Care, which bills itself as a pro-life pregnancy resource center. In Asheville, North Carolina, they attacked mountain area pregnancy services, breaking windows, doors, spray painting and red graffiti, no forced birth, and if abortions aren't safe, neither are you. Even Christian schools have become a target for woke extremists. Another deadly school shooting. This time, police say a 28-year-old opened fire at a private Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. Authorities just releasing video showing the alleged shooter. And even when Christians are the victims, they still get blamed. The shooter has been identified as 28-year-old female Audrey Hale, said she's a former student of the school and confirmed that Audrey Hale was a, identified herself as a transgender person. Uh, state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors. I think since the time of, found, of the founding, religious liberty has been a precious thing in this country and has always been at risk. As time has progressed, I think we've seen a more and more attacks on our religious liberty. It's our first freedom. Founders understood that to be our first freedom. That's why they put it in the first two clauses of the First Amendment of our Bill of Rights, uh, because they understood if you lose that freedom, you'll lose all your freedoms. In a nation settled and founded largely by Christians upon Christian principles, an aggressive secularism is on the rise. Those in charge of some of our most influential institutions, like government, media, and schools, are more and more seeking to isolate and even punish Christians for their beliefs. The way some Christian teachers have been treated in Arizona is just one example. In the largest elementary school district in Arizona, student teachers were told that they were not welcome in the classrooms because of their Christian beliefs. Linnea Lighting heads the Shelley Roden School of Education overseeing the student teachers at Arizona Christian University. So I was very surprised when they said they were going to sever that relationship because we have had um, a, an excellent relationship with them for more than 10 years. In a unanimous decision in early 2023, the Washington Elementary School Board cut their ties with Arizona Christian University because board members of that school district claimed that LGBTQ elementary school students and staff feel unsafe around Christian teachers. We cannot continue to align ourselves with organizations that starkly contrast our values and say that we legitimately care about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Nikki Gomez-Whaley, the president of the elementary school's governing board, is also the director of diversity, equity, and inclusion for Planned Parenthood Arizona. Additionally, she's an activist with the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, which promotes LGBTQ ideology all the way down to kindergarten. Government can't show hostility towards uh, uh, people of faith, uh, you know, simply because of their religious beliefs. That's a, a classic religious discrimination uh, situation. It's a violation of the First Amendment. 
On behalf of Arizona Christian University, Alliance Defending Freedom filed a federal lawsuit against the Washington Elementary School District because of its discriminatory treatment of ACU and its students. What the the school district is in essence saying to uh, the students at ACU, but really I think to just people of faith, is that you know people of faith need not apply. When parents protested the decision at the next school board meeting, one member of the governing board of the district, who describes herself as a bilingual, disabled, neurodivergent, queer, black, Latina, expressed her bias against Arizona Christian University. An institution has policies that are openly bigoted, and I will not sit here as a member of the community and let our children be subjected to that. I heard from a parent um, who talked to, who um, after she heard about it and talked to her son about it, her son um, said to her, mom, does that mean that I'm not welcome there? Does that mean I can't go back to school there? The uh, the government can't pick you know winners and losers in a what we call the public benefit space. Meaning the the government can't say we don't want to partner with you just because you're Christian or have Christian values or beliefs. That's another constitutional violation. Since our interview, Washington Elementary School District settled out of court, agreeing to reinstate student teachers and to pay twenty five thousand dollars in attorneys fees. Arizona Christian University sees it as a vindication of their students' religious rights. And it's an outcome that ought to caution other school officials across the country to treat people of faith fairly. And uh, we uh, will continue to fight that fight. Ultimately, uh, I think uh, the power is in the stand. God has called us to stand. Thankfully, there was a good outcome in this case, but as you'll see, adverse court rulings don't seem to be slowing down some states and municipalities as they seek to isolate Christians and punish Christianity. This is the farthest thing from what America's founders intended. They believed that the flourishing of religion, chiefly Christianity, was so important to America's survival that they made it the very first amendment in the Bill of Rights. Here's our own Dr. Jerry Newcomb with more. In the Declaration of Independence, the founders declared independence from Great Britain, while at the same time declaring dependence upon Almighty God, whom they mentioned four times. Above all, they said that the Creator is the source of our rights. Our founding fathers based our nation on natural law. They believed, actually, that all laws, all rights came from God. It was government's role to institute God's laws. The American uh, framework of not only American law uh, or the American Constitution, it's, it's all rooted in uh, the Decalogue, which, which Moses <laughs> got 3,500 years ago. You know, it's all rooted in, the, in God's Word, and, and, and it started with the Ten Commandments. You've got to understand the Christian foundations upon which it rests. Basically, the principles of our Judeo-Christian ethic, which came from not just the pilgrims, but matured itself among the colonists and the colonies. After the Founding Fathers wrote and adopted the Constitution, the Founders then gave us the First Amendment, which begins... 
Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Well, we have to remember that the founding fathers had just broken from England, and England had dominated the colonies with its state church. Uh, during the American Revolution, pastors were killed, the hymnals were burned, churches were turned into riding stables or houses of prostitution. It was a, a religious war in a sense. So as they were fashioning a new nation, the last thing they wanted was an ability uh, for the federal government, the central government, to dominate the society religiously. So they left religious matters to the states but they kept the federal government out of it. Indeed, for the first 150 years of America as a nation, it was widely understood that the prohibition against establishing a religion at the federal level meant that there would be no national denomination. And that's the power of the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. It was Congress that was restrictive. So the Founding Fathers wanted religious freedom, and one of the ways they could guarantee that was keeping the central government out of it. That has been a keystone of our society ever since, and it's challenged in our generation. We need to know this history, and we need to push back against the forces that would undo our religious liberties. Learn more about how your rights are under attack in the new book, Stealing Freedom, The Secular Assault on Your Religious Liberty, by Dr. Rob Pacienza, Stephen Mansfield, Peter Lilbach, and others. We'll send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation. You'll learn why America's founders embedded religious liberty as our first freedom. And if you're able to give a donation towards the work of this ministry of $100 or more, we'll send you the book plus our new documentary program, Intolerant, The War on Religious Liberty. In this full-length expose, you'll learn more about the Founders' intent, the historic court cases that turned the First Amendment on its head, and the latest threats and victories in the ongoing struggle to preserve our rights in America. If you appreciate the efforts of this ministry, please contact us right away. Our fiscal year ends on June 30th. Your support makes all the difference. Religious liberty has been under attack in the courts since at least the 1940s. But in the past decade or so, the governmental push to silence and even punish Christians has come from one place, the LGBTQ lobby. The LGBT movement has never been about rights for themselves. They have been about trying to force everyone to bow the knee and agree that their situation is okay. The acronym for those practicing non-traditional sex and gender roles is LGBTQ for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. And new letters are being added to the acronym every day. It's LGBTQ issues which comprise the cutting edge against religious liberty in America right now. This is all about coercion and not a bit about freedom. As recently as 2008, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton professed traditional views on marriage and sexuality as they were running for president. Define marriage. I believe that marriage uh, is the union between a man and a woman. Just a few years later, such views are treated not only as outdated, but bigoted and dangerous. In 2015, a slim majority of the Supreme Court redefined marriage and invented a right to same-sex marriage. The implication was that anyone who was opposed was depriving gays of their rights. In a scathing dissent, 
Justice Samuel Alito saw where this was headed, writing that Obergefell, quote, will be used to vilify Americans who are unwilling to assent to the new orthodoxy. I assume that those who cling to old beliefs will be able to whisper their thoughts in the recesses of their homes, but if they repeat those views in public, they will risk being labeled as bigots and treated as such by governments, employers, and schools, unquote. And that's exactly what we see happening. Without a doubt, uh, there is growing intensity uh, to force people, businesses, churches, and others, uh, to have to compromise their own faith and convictions uh, in order to uh, further expand the radical agenda of the LGBTQ movement, and particularly with regards to uh, transgenders. Uh, transgenderism is spreading at an intensity several times that of the gay lesbian rights movement uh, in this country. Uh, it needs to be taken very, very seriously. It's rapidly moving even from disagreement on marriage to disagreement on the reality that we are born male and female. There are local and state policies that have been passed and implemented across the United States that adopt gender identity as a protected class status. When that happens, we have seen instances, multiple instances, where individuals have faced not just civil fines, but criminal penalties for declining to affirm that a biological man can be a woman. And so there's no, no way for the left to suggest that this isn't a very real threat because they're using the law in these ways, not just to silence, not just to punish people, but to ruin them if they don't give voice to a different view of what it means to be a man or a woman or a different view of marriage. Increasingly, persecution is coming to a community, it's coming to a church near you. And so what do we do in the face of persecution? One, we need to expect it. And two, we need to prepare to be faithful in it. Uh, we need to speak the truth in love, I think, on the LGBT front. Increasingly, if you don't affirm uh, what our culture wants you to affirm, you're going to not just be seen as outdated or bigoted, you're going to be seen as nefarious or subversive. And that's why you're going to be seen as trying to, them to drive us from the public square. As Christians, we speak the truth and love, that those go together. In today's government landscape, the hostility towards religion is increasingly punitive, with zealous anti-Christian officials imposing charges and fines. As we saw beginning with the COVID pandemic of 2020, their attack on religious liberty is demonstrated clearly in double standards. Some state and local governments are singling out Christians for harsh treatment in direct violation of America's Constitution. This is not about health. Costco stayed open, casinos stayed open, uh, strip malls, big box stores were open, but the churches were closed. We opened the church mainly because all of the hurting people and the needs and that the gospel needs to go out. This is a time when, when people are desperate, they're looking for truth. Pastor Mike McClure of Calvary Chapel San Jose has stood firm against County of Santa Clara officials for violating their First Amendment rights to worship freely and for threatening the church with fines in excess of $1 million. These orders are clearly unconstitutional and the Supreme Court has been very clear where they stand. What we're also dealing with here 
um, cruel and unusual punishment. We are dealing with excessive fines that are meant to make a statement. As a result of the county's arbitrary COVID-19 sanctions against the church, Mariah Gondero of Advocates for Faith and Freedom has filed a federal lawsuit on behalf of Pastor Mike McClure and the church to defend their fundamental constitutional rights. Advocates for Faith and Freedom, we represented a lot of churches, a lot of faith-based individuals, organizations during the pandemic and before the pandemic. And we believe that this case that we're dealing with with Pastor Mike McClure and Calvary Chapel San Jose is, I think, typifies religious persecution at its finest. You gotta either follow God or you gotta follow man. I have to follow what God's word says. I have to follow what God's word says, so that's what I'm gonna do. To try to force the church into submission, Santa Clara County officials have used some unconventional tactics. They have also used and implemented unusual and and extraordinary measures to persecute this church. As I mentioned earlier, sending what were interpreted as threatening letters to a church's bank, interfering with the church's bank relationship. And then on top of that, we find out during discovery that they are using geo-tracking, surveying church congregants um, to determine and show how, how much of a super spreader the church was. That is such a violation. You know, people go to church to worship. It's an intimate time for people to be together. They don't go to church with the expectation that they are going to be surveilled by the government. So this is an, an extremely unprecedented case. Santa Clara County is the home of Silicon Valley, where powerful tech giants such as Facebook, Google, and Apple are headquartered. We have been completely outgunned. You know, Silicon Valley has vast resources. They're, they're one of the wealthiest counties in the country. We're a very small organization, and they have a lot of attorneys. And so we are still standing strong. Find out how our rights are under relentless attack in the new book, Stealing Freedom, The Secular Assault on Your Religious Liberty, with chapters by Dr. Rob Pacienza, Stephen Mansfield, Peter Lilback, Jerry Newcomb, and Dr. D. James Kennedy, among others. We'll send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation. You'll learn why America's founders embedded religious liberty as our first freedom. And if you're able to give a donation of $100 or more, We'll send you the book plus our new documentary program, Intolerant, The War on Religious Liberty. Today's broadcast is just a portion from this full-length expose. You'll meet faithful Christians in this program who've paid the price for holding to biblical values on marriage and gender. Help us to broadcast truths on these and other issues by giving a generous donation as soon as possible with the end of our fiscal year on June 30. Contact us today for these valuable and informative resources. America only exists as we know it because of devout Christians who came here for religious freedom. And yet now that freedom is under attack as the forces of secularism work to silence Christianity and punish those who live out their faith. Nevertheless, there are also some emerging reasons for hope and indications that we could be starting to recapture our First Amendment freedoms. 
We see many times in scriptures that our God is a God of hope. He is not surprised by the issues we as Christians currently face. And by his power, he has given us the ability to remain hopeful in all circumstances. I would tell people if they're depressed, it's probably because they don't know what's happening, what God is doing. He is blowing open the door right now for religious freedom. Coach Kennedy was a guy who just wanted to go to the center of the field and go to a knee after the game, say a prayer, thanking God for the privilege of coaching these young men. Seven years of litigation later, we won at the Supreme Court. He's now been hired back at his school. This fall, there'll probably be a thousand TV cameras watching him go to a knee. And that's what most people know. What they don't know is within the decision, there is a case called the Lemon Case. And it's well named because it is a lemon. For most of us, the 1971 case of Lemon versus Kurtzman has been an influence on our lives as we've watched the removal of nativity scenes, menorahs, Ten Commandments, religious monuments, and the banning of religious activity at school, all as a result of this one Supreme Court decision. It's been cited over 7,000 times in the last 50 years. But in the Kennedy decision, they said, we're done with it. I mean, that overturned all this hostility religion we've seen our whole lifetime. People should have hope because we're winning. When we do challenge these overreaches by the government, these attempts to curtail or criticize the conscience of people of faith around the country, when we push back against them, the government typically loses, and they should. But the good news is that if we keep on standing up, we will continue to win. Religious liberty has often been called America's first freedom. Our founders believed it was a foundation for all other freedoms and that religion was absolutely necessary for a self-governing people. Those trying to peel away the First Amendment and push Christians to the margins don't want the truth of God to interfere with their lives. But we Christians are called to speak the truth in love and live out our faith in our daily lives. We are to obey God rather than men. And in the midst of this war on religious freedom, you and I must do at least two things. First, we need to stand firm. The radical left seeks to intimidate Christians into silence and compliance. But Christians must continue to state the truth, obey the truth, and live out the truth. I'm enormously grateful for courageous Christians like those you've seen in this program and many more who face fines, penalties, and lengthy court battles. Some of them have won enormous victories that are beginning to pay dividends now. And second, we must actively participate in the civic arena, first and foremost through voting. We must tell leaders at the ballot box that we will not accept their intolerant attacks on Christians who hold biblical beliefs. And we must install leaders who revere God's word and his people and who will put judges on the bench who defend our First Amendment freedoms. The tide is beginning to shift. And with God's help, America will be free for biblical truth once again. I'm Rob Pacienza. Thank you for joining us for this special program. Make sure to stay connected with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and find more resources on this and other vital issues at our website, djkm.org. If you're ever in Fort Lauderdale, we invite you to come worship with us at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. 
You can also join us on the Sunday morning live stream at crpc.tv. And now, here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. He did not want to outlaw God. Jefferson himself acknowledged God in the Declaration of Independence for the five quotes in the Jefferson Memorial in Washington, D.C. mentioned God. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.